0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales, David Flowers, Tony Groves, William Gibson, and special guest, Jason Eisenhower. Hey, guys. Hey.
1: How's it going? Mike good evening
0: hey welcome all right jason glad you could join us tonight let's uh take a little bit here at the beginning and learn to learn a little bit about you uh how did you get your start on iRacing, racing and how did you initially hear about it
2: well i uh, initially started iRacing. i'd say sometime around march of 2017 so i'm only at it a little more than a year at this point uh I heard about it. I'm an avid listener of uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, uh, the NASCAR channel, and uh, just listening to that, hearing guests call in, uh, uh, talking about iRacing, talking about uh, simulators, and, uh, you know, it sparked an interest, uh, and had to, you know, go on YouTube and start watching some some videos, Uh, went to iRacing, Uh, did a little bit of research and watching videos on the iRacing, uh, 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 station there. And I just, I got addicted and it was something I knew I had to do. It was, it's just, uh, it's like a passion at this point.
0: (laughs) Yep. All right, cool. And, uh, so when you do run, what series do you normally run? Are you part of a team or do you run leagues or what?
2: Yeah, I uh, I generally run all all NASCAR uh, type type of uh, series. Uh, mostly, mostly just stick to the asphalt. Uh, we do have a small team. It's uh, myself, my brother, and uh, two or three other other guys, and uh, we we alternate back and forth between uh, between two different leagues. We run uh, Extreme Motorsports '99 and also uh, SSCA, uh, and I generally just run the uh, truck series uh, in both of those leagues uh, two nights a week.
0: All right. So are you on like almost every day or just a few days a week?
2: Well, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't race as nearly as much as I'd like to. Uh, I'm on just enough to get yelled at by someone in the family. To, right. to, to, to get off the computer and and come up here to real life, uh, but uh, if I could, I'd I'd be on every every night running. Uh, and uh, but generally speaking, I'm uh, I, I race two 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 nights a week in leagues, and I try and practice another night. And uh, you know, on and off, maybe fifteen minutes here to turn some laps to try something out here and there. But uh, generally, just you know, maybe three nights a week.
0: All right, cool. Uh, tell us about your hardware setup. Uh, what type of wheel, pedals, how many monitors, what kind of third-party software are you running?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm i using Fanatec. I have a, v, uh, I have a V2 wheelbase uh, with the Forza wheel. Uh, I have a V2.5 wheelbase that uh, is kind of a backup. I haven't hooked it up yet. Uh, I use V3 pedals uh 327 inch monitors uh i have a shifter that uh, a prototype shifter that we're building uh that i'm working on and that i use seems to be uh withstanding all the uh, trials and tribulations so uh hopefully we can get that out in the market soon but so i'm using that as a shifter and um, i have a, a revolution uh sim rig uh, as far as a third Third-party software. Um, we use uh, we use iAnalyze Racing. Uh, of course, we all use Teams. I mean, uh, trading paints, and uh, other than that, I think it's just pretty much just Sim to, to run the uh, gauges and stuff like that.
0: Are you running the the gauges right on your triples on the center?
2: No, no. I am using a. Uh, a USB mounted gauge and aftermarket oh
0: of course yeah and we'll talk about your sim uh, speed shop here in a minute let's get the last question done most memorable iRacing racing moment what would that be
2: uh, well, it's, it's not something I'm very <laughs> not something I'm very proud of uh, I guess but, it
0: doesn't have to be good yeah no, it's no, memorable it's right most memorable not the best not the
2: best uh, the most memorable moment I gotta tell you, it, it was uh, maybe a month after uh, I'm into iRacing, and it was a charity race. And I, I believe it was uh, Suicide Awareness 250 or something like that at, at one of the super speedways. Uh, and my brother was running in it, I was running in it. It was the first time uh, either of us ran in a race that was being broadcast. So it was kind of a a nervous moment, you know looking back uh I waited all day to hop on and and you know turn laps here and this is gonna be great uh well as all super speedways go you you, you got damage and we ran through all of our uh fast repairs so i my my car was seventy five seventy five percent power, and it was the white flag and and I just zoned out. And I'm going down the back stretch into turn three. I'm laps down and I didn't have my relative on, wasn't looking in the mirror and, and the leaders come up on me and I'm just, you know, putzing down the middle of the back stretch. I think it was Talladega putzing down the middle of the back stretch into three. And, you know, the, the leaders are three wide, uh, you know, on their final lap and, you know, Next thing you know, they all go by me, and I jerk the wheel, and I took everybody out except for maybe the one car that passed me. So, it, ouch! Yeah, that, that's the most memorable moment. So, definitely, definitely not a good moment. But it was it was something to learn off of. That uh, it's it's not just a it's not a game. It's a simulator, and it and people take it seriously, and it's a passion, and you know it's an investment of time. And, and and energy for people, so uh, it was it was a good learning, a good, good mistake to make. It was it was a good learning learning uh, experience.
0: I, I think it at some point everybody's done that. I know I have. Uh, I'd guess Tony, you probably have done that, maybe.
3: Oh, I've done lots of stupid things.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was definitely stu- it was definitely classified as stupid by all means. <laughs> so.
0: Well, uh, let's talk about your uh, hardware uh, venture here. Um, We talked about it last week a little bit on the show, and then you obviously uh, contacted us and we had you come on to talk more about it. But uh, your website is simspeedshop.com, and as we talked about last week, uh, some really neat looking button boxes. Uh, Tell us about your lineup and what you're all selling. I saw you also have a handbrake, but... The custom dashes that I've seen you guys put some pictures out on recently are just amazing. I mean, they're top quality stuff.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Th- thanks for the uh, thanks for the time about that last week and uh, and today. Uh, yeah, what we're doing is um, just started up uh, in January of 2018, and uh, I-, I wanted to. Uh, Get my hands on something and start designing something and building something for, for simulators, and uh, I figured that would be a good entry point. Would be button boxes, and and from there it just grew to uh, word of mouth. And I was contacted by a gentleman, a local gentleman. I'm in central Pennsylvania, and uh, a gentleman in central Pennsylvania contacted me, asked if I've ever built a dash, and I said no, but you know it's. It's interesting, and I like to do it. If if you if you're not looking for something really quick, and we can invest some time into it, I'd like to go down that road with you. And he was uh, more than willing to do so. And uh, him and I and my brother put a lot of time and energy into it, designing it, laying it out, wiring it, rewiring it, and uh, you know, it's all top quality stuff. Uh, they are all auto meter gauges, so it's it's. It's some serious stuff.
0: Yeah, so looking at that custom dash you did, it's got the NASCAR style, old style uh, RPM gauge and analog gauges for you know fuel, water, oil, and so forth. Are those like automotive parts that you've like rewired to work with USB? I mean, how did it? How do, are those custom or what?
2: Yeah, uh, we got the gauges from Jegs. And Jegg Automotive, they, okay. Yeah, JEG's Automotive. They are, uh, they're actual automotive gauges. They're, uh, they're auto, I think we got autometer phantom gauges. Uh, it's a, it's all a series of gauges. they they all match, all backlit. And there's a, uh, there's a shift, uh, indicator on there as well, an amber shift indicator. And what we did is through, through SIM experience through a uh, PCB. Uh, programmable circuit boards. Uh, we uh, we wired those gauges uh, to to go through Sim Dash. Sim Dash recognizes uh, the input of the gauges and translates it to iRacing. Now you have to go through and you ha- you have to program uh, each each gauge uh, through its. You know percentages, so you got to take the RPM gauge and program it from zero to to 100% throughout the entire spread of the gauge, and you have to do that for for every gauge that you're doing, uh, and it 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 relays a to a T, I and mean, you can you can fine tune it as close as you want to what iRacing shows. So I have a digital gauge, and then I also use the gauges on iRacing. And we can match it match it right right down to the to the number
0: that's great i mean it it's really got that realistic look to it because it's obviously a real r p m gauge for a real car uh fantastic looking work and uh and then obviously you have these other button boxes um that are basically very inexpensive from my point of view i mean seventy nine ninety nine or eighty-five dollars, uh, you got two different variations there. Uh, I love the flip-up, uh, you know, starter switch. Uh, you got r- rotary dial. You got toggle. You got momentary push. Uh, everything is here, and it's a uh, it, and it's solid.
2: Yeah, thank you. We uh, we wanted to come out with, with a product that was consumer friendly as far as pricing and as far as durability. Uh, you know if, if you go onto any of the, the websites out there that have buy and sell for simulator uh, hardware and equipment, button boxes last a few hours on there. I mean if someone lists a button box, it's gone immediately. So th- there's there's a demand for them out there and I don't think people think about them until they really need one or until they see one in front of them for that is for sale and at that point everybody wants it and it's gone within an hour so my 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 thought process was let's put something out there that's again consumer friendly and that that does the job for them and is very unique now you mentioned what we have we also have the brake bias style we have a 3d printed brake bias style two different sizes that that mounts to the rotary encoder. So uh, as, as as you need to adjust your brake bias, it's it's also a momentary. So you can press the brake bias style. If you press it, it prompts the brake bias, and then you know left or right to increase or decrease your brake bias. So that's something kind of unique to to what we're doing. It's our own brake bias style. It's it's a rotary that uh, encoder that. I haven't seen anyone else use yet, uh, so it's kind of two-in-one, and I'm, I'm trying to, in, to incorporate that dial into all the boxes going forward as kind of our, our trademark.
0: Now, are they like plug-and-play? Does it have a USB cord on them or what?
2: Very much so, uh, very plug-and-play. Everything uh, is USB. Plug the USB in, and <clears throat> all the boards are licensed to us, so when you plug a board in, it says Sim SimSpeedShop button box. It's not a generic. It won't come up as a generic board or anything like that. You, you know you're getting a quality product.
0: So generic Windows drivers run it? Yes. All right. Well, very yeah, good. Plug and play. Uh, and, and tell us a little bit uh, briefly about the handbrake. And you said you're working on a, a shifter. What kind of shifter is it?
2: We're working on a sequential shifter uh it's going to be an all metal design uh we were working on a uh, 3d printed version of it uh that seemed to go pretty well and uh we're gonna uh, i'm gonna look for someone to do uh the metal the metal fab and uh once once we get that done we got the design all laid out uh, we just gotta get the metal fab uh pricing and production down a little bit to make it reasonable and i think we'll have a a shifter on the market for 150 uh, ish but it's a steady sturdy shifter it's, it's it's gonna be a it's it's pretty stout and the handbrake uh, the handbrake is something we just came out with it's it's an analog handbrake uh, we also have a hydraulic handbrake so you have either version the hydraulic handbrake is uh, a little more costly and it's it's about $350, and but the the uh, the analog handbrake we're priced at $135 right now, uh, including shipping, anywhere in the continental U.S. And that that again is just plug and play. Plug it in and uh, go to your uh, settings, your control settings in iRacing, and select your handbrake and uh, you know pull it back yeah. and you're set to go.
0: And it looks solid it's like all metal parts and
2: it is solid uh, it's all metal the only uh, the only part that is uh, plastic would be the uh, one of the back plates that has our logo on it uh, but other than that it's it's all solid and we uh, we just this week changed uh, the bushings in it uh, to give uh, to give it a little bit better feel uh, but the uh, the general person wouldn't know anything different uh myself and uh, keith wanted a uh, gentleman who's developing it with me wanted a little bit a little bit sturdier uh final final pool so we came up with a, a different uh, a polymer bushing yeah it
0: sort of looks like rubber. the handle has uh, multiple holes in it so you can have different angles you don't you Absolutely. can have it like sticking straight up or Absolutely. you can have it yeah, pointing just, towards the front window
2: Correct, absolutely you can take the c the little c pin out and uh, and move it to to I think three different positions
0: yeah, I think having it stick straight up and down that's very uh european I, I guess I, I don't think we do that over here in the us right right well, very but, cool uh stuff sim speed shop I mean if people want to learn more I mean where do you send them your website
2: social send media? Them to our- no, sorry for the interruption. Yeah, send them to our website. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, I get on Twitter as much as I possibly can. Uh, but uh, the website uh, or, or Facebook email emails via either either method there, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you as quick as we can, usually within uh, within a few minutes if, if at all possible.
0: Well, I've been very impressed by your products um, and, and what you're offering. The website looks great. Everything and. Uh... Your prices are right too compared to other products on the market. So, um, wanted to get the word out. Looks like some good stuff.
2: Well, thank you. And that's that's the the, the whole thing right now is to keep the pricing right for everybody. You know, there's uh, it seems that when, when you when you're in a race, you be you could be racing with a ten year old, or you could be racing with uh, you know a sixty five year old person. You know, you could be racing with the millionaire, you could be racing with, you know, somebody who spends their hard-earned money just to get that track for that week. And, you know, if I can put something out there that, you know, makes somebody feel good about buying, uh, you know, and they don't have to feel bad about buying it, that's what I want to do. It's really about the people. It's not really about, you know, making a dollar on it, so.
0: Well, that's pretty cool that uh, you got involved just last year, a year ago, and here you are, you know, you got the Obutto, you got triples, and you're making hardware and you're starting business. I mean, you're really getting into it.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a passion, like I said earlier. It's it's a passion and an addiction, and you know, do it as much as I can until I get yelled at. Right.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Maybe you can make a living doing it too. That's yeah, pretty but... cool. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. It's been fun talking about that. Let's jump into racing results, uh, NASCAR iRacing series off week guys for easter uh coming up we're going to texas i haven't tested yet uh do we have anything ready i don't know i think we got a set but i haven't run it for a week or so no i've been um testing the
1: the road to pro the truck for the night so i haven't really messed with the a car yet
0: yeah It was a nice off week, though. I mean, for Easter, um, you got to take advantage of these off weeks in a thirty-six week season uh, in the NASCAR iRacing series. uh, Don't burn yourself out, and that's you got to take advantage of the off weekends. This is the last one for a long time, too. So, um, anyway, as you said, road to pro tonight, uh, right after the recording of the podcast, we got Atlanta. I did run a our our set and did about 10 or 15 laps, and boy, it got tight. But, Chris, you're saying it loosens up. It gets really stupid loose after, like, 20.
1: Yeah, right about actually where you quit, right about 15 laps or so, it'll start loosening up, and it just keeps getting looser and looser. And, it, yeah, 30 laps in a thing, it's almost wrecking loose. That's so, the what the V1 set was. I think the V2 is just a little bit tighter, so it might last a little bit longer. But, yeah, it, it gets loose on you.
0: Wow, and uh, I think Phil Gary was telling us, you know, it's all going to be about tire management. He's been doing a lot of testing, but uh, it's going to be about who can save their tires, especially if there's a long run. Yeah,
1: but it seems like with uh, this crazy camber stuff, there's only so much you can do, because even if you're really trying to manage your tires, they're still going to heat up like crazy.
0: All right. All right, well, we'll run Atlanta tonight. Uh let's talk about official racing. Uh Tony, you made some huge progress. Tell us what happened.
3: Yeah. Um I decided I I I needed to to up some of my my licenses. So I, I spent a little bit of time uh racing dirt ovals and and GRC and I was able to get myself out of rookies in in uh both of those. Um the 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 oval side uh I'm not very good, but I can you know keep my car in one piece and I, and I don't get in into too much trouble so you know I don't really have any good finishes you know to to really speak of there but um I just I just wanted to keep it safe and get out of there cuz I wanted to get into some heat racing that's that's fun stuff um the GRC I had uh, I had a couple to go and uh I did manage to get a third place finish in that um I still kind of struggle a little bit, but I'm getting a lot better. I'm getting the the confidence is most definitely getting up, uh, going around those tracks. Um, and I tried to get my asphalt, uh, road license out of rookies. And, uh, you know, I was, I was close, but, uh, man, I tell you, I really suck on the road, um, (laughs) on the road side of things. I'm just terrible. I, I, I struggle. I have a hard time, but, um, you know, Uh, I think I did three races on, uh, on the Saturday and, uh, my last race, I was able to to squeeze out a fourth place finish. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of racing. Mostly I was just taking advantage of other people's mistakes. Um, but I did get to race a couple of guys for a couple of laps and, you know, that, that, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty fun. So yeah, I, I, I I had a. Right. During our off week. That was, that was good.
0: Well, uh, that GRC, uh, I remember six months ago when we started, you were hitting everything out there. I mean, literally, every wall that could be hit was being hit by Tony. And But now here you are getting third place.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you made the most of your off week. That's uh, a lot of progress.
0: Well, good job there. Uh, let's talk about Hosted. I ran some fun stuff with uh, teammate Phil Linden. Uh, we ran the Gen 5 a car at Daytona without the restrictor plate. as I talked about last week, we decided to go ahead and do it. It was a blast. I hosted the race. A bunch of people showed up. I think we had about 15 or 20. Um, it was so much fun, but we once the tires ran off after like two or three, four laps, you couldn't not keep it off the wall. You had to lift or you were going to dump it into the wall, and it was so much fun. Uh, an old friend, Robert Sunberg, showed up for that race. Uh, I used to call him Mr. Talladega because all he would, uh, back in the day, he just used to run uh, Talladega and host it all the time, and he was really good, and he used to be on NASCAR 2003 and all that before uh, back in the day. But uh, shout-out to Mr. Sundberg. Uh, he hooked me up with the setup, so. All right, let's talk uh, results for the NASCAR Peak Series. They ran last Tuesday, and defending series champion Ryan Michael wins at Fontana. P2 Taylor Hurst, three, Ray Alfala, Jimmy Mullis, fourth, Keegan Leahy, fifth. Uh, what would you guys think? I watched a little bit of it, kind of uh, with the audio off, and it was some pretty good racing.
4: I watched a little bit of it. It was, um, it was definitely good racing. It just, um, I was distracted, so I didn't get really focused, but, um, yeah, it was just good racing. I'm kind of wish they were at Martinsville, just so you could see what the best could do there, but Fontana's still a fun track to watch a race at.
0: There was one guy who wrecked pretty hard, I forget who it was, but he had such a run up off of four, and when you get a run like that, you can't give it up. You know, it's just like you got to take it. And he did, and he lost control and and dumped it in the wall. But there was a bunch of stuff like that going on. And but uh yeah, it was a pretty cool race.
4: Yeah, I was surprised they were throwing some big blocks going down the front stretch pretty early on in the race. It really shows how competitive that series is and how they're fighting for every single spot. Well, track uh-huh. position. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's, it's so huge. big.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like you got to run hard every lap these days. You know, there's no laying back and, oh, we'll race at the end, and those days are over. All right, next up, World Championship Grand Prix. Mitchell DeJong picks up his first win of the season at Phillip Island. Gregor Hutu, P2. Martin Cronkey P3. Uh, Gregor Hutu posted uh, after the race uh, a decent result, had to be pretty aggressive with the strategy and also defending on the last stint, but didn't quite work out. We'll get the win one of these days. But uh, Mitchell DeJong, I mean, if you remember, he was killing it in GRC, and now he's killing it in uh, F1.
4: Yeah, it's in, I mean, talk about two complete disciplines of racing, and he just dominates in both, so Um, amazingly talented.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, iRacing did put out a recap video of the event, uh, about three minutes long, showing, uh, you know, the highlights and stuff. I did watch that, and it was uh, kind of fun to check it out, but, uh, yeah, apparently uh, Hutu and uh, DeJong were battling at the end there, and uh, Mitchell put a pretty bold pass on him and, and got it done. Let's jump into topics. Will, you're up first.
4: Yeah. So another week and another patch and hot fix. Um, First patch came on the 29th. Um, They included some fixes to an audio issue. Um, Some new sponsors in the paint kit. They stiffened the tire carcass on the dirt lay model. Um, Looked like the NIS cars. Um, Got a few season setup updated. Um, But the most notable change was the addition of the dual clutch to the McLaren MP430, uh, which is the newest F1 car, the one they use in the Grand Prix series.
0: Dual clutch. I just have no clue what that is.
4: Um, From what I'm understanding, Tyler Hudson left some notes. It seems like you basically could map your clutch to a button. So, like, I have the G29. Say, if I were to map the clutch to X, what I could essentially do is hold my clutch midway through hit X and then go full clutch. And then at that point on the start of the race is really the only time you're ever going to use it. Let go of the button and that will drop the clutch to your preset location. Um, uh-huh. say, it's like
0: a starting but start button thing.
4: Uh, yeah, essentially. So basically say, if you like to start, say 60% clutch, instead of releasing the clutch, that 40%, you go to 60% clutch, hit the button and then when you let go of the button, it drops it to that no matter what amount you go past that. So it's just, it's primarily going to be used on the start. It looks like you can actually burn up the clutch and get some clutch slip as well. Um, but that was that's probably going to be more for like the highest level of driver. I think most people probably aren't even going to fully utilize it. But it is definitely a really cool addition, makes it more like how a traditional F1 cars clutch system. Yeah,
0: they have a launch button. and. It works the same way, I think. Uh, Okay, so that was uh, patch three, and then uh, they did a hot fix, uh, pit stop animation timing, audio issue that could cause the last play to scrape sound to repeat over and over, and Dirt Late models had their carcass stiffened. But that sound uh, problem, that was a problem for a lot of people, so it sounds like they're addressing that.
4: Yeah, I think that's the first mention of that problem since it first arrives. So it sounds like it was possibly like you would get that noise and it would just glitch over and over, which is probably what amplified it so loud. Um, so hopefully we that problem kind of resolves itself at this point.
0: Okay, cool. Chris, you're next.
1: Yeah, a friend of the podcast, John Hammer, asked in the forum if you guys prefer to run the A Open series a week before NIS. Uh, The results so far are 48% yes and 38% no. And what he's saying, what I understand is, uh, so we're at Texas this week, and what he's saying is we would have been running the uh, A Open at Texas last week, so you have some place to practice for NIS. And um, I kind of agree with this. And then I, I also wanted this this topic because I wanted to see what you guys thought of having a, a second carb cup um, type race that runs every hour. That instead of running, you know, just a few tracks, it runs the, the same schedule as NIS. I think there'd be plenty of people that would run that, you know, whether it was to practice for NIS or just because you needed to go. You've been practicing this track all week and you needed a place just to go. Blow
0: off some steam in an unofficial race. Uh, what do you got? To yeah. Think? Well, at 15 after the hour, yeah. I mean, because you got Delara Dash at the top of the hour, you got Pickup Cup at half hour, you got Carp Cup at quarter till. Uh, so why not? That sounds like a great idea.
1: Yeah, I'd just like to have some place to blow off steam because you can't hardly do it in official races because if you want to race someplace short, um, for example, I raced a truck race last night. And it, it was at uh, uh where at, Rockingham, and I had never raced there. I uh, didn't get a lot of practice, but I was getting around the track. It was a blast racing there. Started toward the back, hit the wall uh, right at the end of my first qualifying lap, so I screwed up both laps, started in the back. We had a long green flag run, um, ran up into the top ten, and during that long run, I, a couple guys got into me—not enough to even matter, but enough to get 4x anyway. And I scraped the wall one time. It, between that 8x and scraping the wall, I only had 10 seconds of damage. But yeah, you get—I I don't know if it's Netcode thing, but they just need to dial back these incident points big time because you just can't—you can't go to a race and have fun. Um, I would. So why not have another? an official race where you can go practice for
0: NIS and and not worry about that stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you're in that spot, you know, what I was saying is if you're in a spot where you're losing your license because you're getting in too many incidents, I mean, that's obviously the deterrent. But I think the big deterrent was when we were at Martinsville and I got DQ'd from too many incidents. Uh, I really feel like that need to be adjusted, though.
5: Yeah, I kind of agree have... with that sorry david no that's all right well i just i did an 80 laps at martinsville in the one race that i did and i got 8x from ghost incidents that i wasn't even a part of like i got 8x legit i understand that then out of nowhere i'm going around a turn get another 8x from not hitting anybody and then you know somebody bumps me and dqs me out i you know i have a very clean i'm a very clean driver i don't wreck people and to really get knocked out that early in a race was very disheartening and watch my sr just drop you know eight points you know it just it's terrible
0: well back to john's uh post as far as the the poll for do we want to run a open uh you know, a week ahead of NIS as far as schedule. I like the idea, but I think a lot of people think that you know, A Open is separate from NIS, and the A Open people probably just want to run the NASCAR schedule, which they pretty much do already. You know, why do they? You know, do they want to run everything a week earlier just to you know suit what we want? I don't know.
4: I um, I feel like the NIS should run after the cup race. Um, I kind of mentioned that in the forum. The biggest reason is I had no um, want to even run at say Martinsville. I knew it would be a Wreckfest, I knew there would be cautions, I just... I knew all the bad. But after watching the cup race and watching Clint Boyer run and all that, I was like hyped up and motivated and wanted to run at Martinsville. But by that point it was done and over. I don't think we should move the A Open back a week. I think we should run the NIS one week later. So instead hmm. of running it the week of the cup, we run it the week after. Yeah, because I'd be okay like, with that. I feel like that would be the best of both worlds because it's still pretty much the same week. We're just starting the race with the cup and then we run our stuff that later that week. And then the A Open could continue to do what it's doing and it, it would give you the opportunity to practice ahead of time, which I think would help the A Open And I really think having that hype of a real race going into the week would benefit participation in the NIS series as well. Yeah. Um, And I also have to agree agree a little bit with Chris Scales. I wish there was another fun series. um, But I would love to see a fun series that required an A license, not a rookie license. Um, Something for somebody who's taking the time to get up to A license. If they had, like you said, like a race every hour for the A car... 30 40 50 lap shootout whatever it may be i think that would be a ton of fun just to go out there race not to worry about your sr and just have fun
2: yeah
1: yeah or maybe a c license just like nis is and um yeah i think (laughs) will's exactly right like it it, that just needs to get done now (laughs) because um i feel the same way i watch the race and i get fired up for sunday night's race I mean, they can change the NIS schedule, move it a week, and then that, yeah, it gets you fired up for the the week of NIS racing. Plus, it doesn't mess with the schedule for those guys that are really dedicated to run that A Open. It doesn't mess with their schedule to
0: accommodate us. The only thing would be that the off weeks would be different than the real NASCAR. Like, this last week we were off, and so was NASCAR. So, if we did that, then we'd be off of them, but that's I would be okay with it.
4: Yeah, and I think even Sunday is one of the lowest participated races. I think um, Wednesday and Saturday were the biggest ones. So I know like Easter, I can't remember the next off week after that, but I don't think it would be that big of an issue. I think the pros would definitely outweigh the cons on that.
0: All right, David, what's next?
5: Uh, Will Vincent, Race Spot TV commentator, had an exciting week at the iRacing headquarters, it started with him getting the iRacing logo tattooed on to him. He's going to regret that in 20 years. Um, followed by a video of him hijacking and uh, having some fun with the iRacing scanner and also find out, too, that he's going to be getting married.
0: And the tattoo?
5: It He apparently got an iRacing tattoo on, like, tattooed on him.
0: On like his said, left breast, an yes. actual tattoo of he's, the iRacing logo.
5: Yeah, he's definitely gonna regret that in twenty years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and this thing, this thing is not small. Um, it is. Uh, it it takes up a good chunk of property there.
0: It's a good foot six by five inch or something.
3: Yeah, something along those lines. I saw it. I'm going, wow. There's dedication. <laughs>
0: Well, I wonder what the new bride is thinking about the new tattoo.
5: She's going, well, I was going to marry him, but now. <laughs>
0: yeah, it might make you think twice, but I mean, it's color too. He's got the red, uh, white, blue uh, thing going on. It should have been smaller. It's so big.
3: <laughs> well, okay. So as as far as tattoo goes, like they, they did a nice job. Like it looks fantastic. Um, You know, uh each to their own, right? I mean, hell, that's that's what he wants. Have at her, man. Uh, you only live once. Um, I I got to imagine his wife just thinks it's damn sexy.
5: So, so Tony, I gotta ask then, man, when when are you getting yours?
3: Yeah. Um. Nope.
0: Yeah, I like eye racing, but I'm not getting a tattoo. <laughs>
3: funny thing is is i showed uh i showed my wife that and that that is the first thing she said so when are you getting yours and where are you getting it
0: yeah and then there was a video that he uh stood in front of the laser scanner and he was scanning his tattoo or something like that it was like a joke video Or maybe he's scanning something else, uh, some other body part. I'm not sure. It's kind of funny.
4: Yeah, I don't think he was scanning the tattoo. Um, It was a little far south.
0: Uh, Okay. That's great. Have fun with it.
4: You know, whatever.
3: (laughs) If if you like it, that's great. Um, And, well, for people that don't, well, you didn't get the damn tattoo. So uh, enjoy it through his eyes.
0: All right. Pretty cool, Will. Good job. All right, uh, Tony, what you got next?
3: Okay. Uh, Brandon Lee, uh, uh, top F1 e driver so saying some good things about iRacing. Um, I guess he, uh, he's a competitor in the E-Rock and, uh, he's a champion of the inaugural F1 esports series. Um, he was, uh, interviewed by, uh, VRS and, uh, Uh, One quote anyways we got up for him is, uh, well, iRacing is debatably the best simulator out there in almost every single way. It's much more realistic, of course, and I think that's great to challenge yourself.
0: Well, there you go. So this is the guy who's like at the top of his game as far as F1 2014 on PS3, Xbox 360, Codemasters, all that stuff. And what does he say? Oh, iRacing is debatably the best sim out there, of course. Pretty cool. All right, uh, Chris, you got next.
1: It looks like we have uh, Eric Hudek talks about the new IR-18. After some discussion on the forums about the aerodynamic settings on the new Delara IR-18 and how they affect the car, Eric chimed in stating, wickers are limited per the rule book, which are the options we are using. Now it's more possible more better data may come from sources down the line as there are questionable sensitivities at lower flap angles. But We've got what we've got for the time being. And uh, I, it's it's sad how much I don't know about these cars being from Indiana. But again,
0: wickers, I have no idea what that is. (laughs) that's the thing, I think it's like a strip along the back part of the wing that stands straight up kind of for downforce but uh, yeah, he basically goes on to say uh, there are three unique designs for the Chevy Honda and Delara. but this car, the the data that we have is the Delara version and um, anyway, I kind of flagged this post to talk about because it's amazing how technical these guys are getting. This is Eric Kudek, who's an engineer on the iRacing staff, who who used to be an engineer on Richard Childress Racing's uh, team. And uh, he knows, you know, all the engineering details about these uh, new Indy cars, you know, down to the wicker and what the rule books say and every little thing. And it's just amazing to me.
4: Yeah, I read through almost all five pages of that forum post just trying to understand everything. Um, when I originally opened the link and Yeah, there was a lot of complaining about the rear stability of the car and the people felt like it wasn't realistic. Um, but it looks like these new indie cars are much more sensitive to the rear arrow. So like under braking and it kinda of pushes that rear wing up. I um, mean that really upsets the car and um there's just a lot of discussion. People felt the car was broken but um, this is the data they were given, and everything seems to be working as intended.
0: We got what the real guys got. That's what I think he's saying.
4: Yeah, there was also some discussion about the radiator inlets as well. Um, if you ran too too small of an inlet, basically, think of an NIS car running too much tape. You could possibly blow your motor in qualifying. Um, but yeah, everything seems to be working the way they intended from what he was saying. All
0: right, cool. Will, what's next?
4: Yeah, so Tyler Hudson posted up on the forum um, about driver conduct um, in the World Championships newer series. So um, basically he stated, finishing top 23 in a Pro Series points does not guarantee one a World Championship license. Driver's conduct on and off the track is taken into consideration and drivers who have shown they will not represent iRacing or its partners in a positive fashion will not be invited. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I think this kind of had to come from um, the new Dirt series. I feel like with the snake splits and everything, there's been a lot of um, unhappy members as far as how racing and...
0: Bad driving.
4: Yeah, so I think this was just more of a kind of a friendly reminder. I don't think it was intended to target anybody at all. Just a good friendly reminder of um, professionalism. I take it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's other considerations, and he's just reminding everybody about that. It's not just about your points finish. If you got to drive like a professional out there, you know, you got to act like a professional.
3: Well, I mean, yeah. If, if you're going to be racing in the in the top level of eye racing, and, the, and they're and you know trying to make make a, a a real push on this thing, I mean, you're you're kind of a steward of of iRacing so um you know you ought to be on your best behavior any other uh quote-unquote professional sport out there would expect no less of any other athletes so um if this is you know this is obviously the direction iRacing wants to go it it should be we all should be held to the same standard i think
0: yep all right i'm gonna take the next one here uh april 1st uh came this week and i tried to fool my team i think i might have got you chris i don't know but I, I i dug up an old one from 2015 the iRacing mobile coming to your cell phone near you what'd you think No, oh, you got me
1: yeah well so they i know they already have you know i don't know anybody that uses it but they already have where you can uh control the sim with your phone you know using the the tilt stuff and the video was really good and you know i haven't been around that long so i hadn't seen it so yeah you got me
0: yeah i figured i'd get the newer team members who haven't been around since 2015 and see if it worked and it did i uh sent that video over about the uh, iRacing mobile and uh that was pretty funny
4: you know when you first sent it i read i was at work or not at work i was i was doing something and i read it i'm like Oh, cool! We're gonna have an app where we can browse the forums and do that kind of stuff. Maybe register for a race, and then I open the video. I'm like, "Yeah, this is fake." <laughs> How did the
1: that other one get any of you guys the uh, NASCAR going electric? Um, the alliance oh, with Tesla? I that saw stuff. that all over
0: Facebook.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see it all anywhere, and I saw Chris post that. And afterwards, um, you you saw when I left you, right, Chris? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just a sucker. That one got me too, especially yeah, when they had like the quotes them, like, from Tesla a, and stuff.
5: You know, couple of choice words here, but you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty vulnerable. They both got me.
5: <laughs> I read the headlines to that, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, you got to try harder than that. But well, Tony, uh, you, you got to understand, man. The reason I thought that legitimate is. Formula One has its own electric version of that called Formula E. So there is legitimate e-racing, like electric car racing, out there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know, but come
3: on, this is this is uh, this is NASCAR. This is like all about the motors, the power, the sound. Um,
1: oh yeah, there'd be riots in the streets.
3: Just, oh, <laughs> there'd be hell all over, and uh, I just yeah, <laughs> nope, didn't I didn't buy it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. All
0: right, David, you're up.
4: Actually, um, I'll take this one here. I didn't kind of write okay. this one out. Um, basically, Tyler Hudson posted up that they're gonna change the track, um, in Week Nine from Pocono in the Grand Touring Cup Series. Um, people were essentially basically going through pit road and cutting out a big chunk of track. Um. So he kind of posted up like, hey, what track would you guys like to see in its place? But from what it looks like as far as the hot fix today, they actually slowed down the pit road speed limit down to 20 miles an hour. 20? Yeah, so that should resolve that problem. Um, Now, this isn't Pocono the big oval. This is Pocono the road course on the side. So there's a section of track where you could just go through pit road. And at pit road speed prior, you would actually make up time. So um, that kind of came up and it's already been resolved already. So I don't know if they're still going to change the schedule or what's going on there, but it has been resolved.
0: Yeah. Uh, was this the same thing where I remember I ran a hosted event at Pocono Road Course and every time anyone left pit road, you would get black flagged.
4: Um, I don't didn't see any mention of that at all. Um, I did the Grand Touring, the Fanatec series, or a practice or something this week, and um, there's a part of the track where there's like a heavy braking zone and you make a left turn, or you could just go straight through the pits, and it was my first time going around the track, and I went straight through the pits, and I noticed it was quicker right away, so I don't know how long the people have been exploiting this.
0: Yeah, well, they take care of it, they are getting it fixed, so that's cool. All right, let's uh, throw this one to our special guest. Jason, are you still there? Uh, This one's called, How Many Buttons and Encoders Are Possible? You might know this. Let's see, it's from David Tucker. It says, if anyone is curious about how many buttons we support, we have the following limitations. 32 devices at one time, 16 analog axie per device, 64 buttons per device direct input supports 128 but we can't handle that since we use a 64-bit bit mask to support multiple button presses so is there a thing as too many button boxes
2: uh, sorry that. about that i was i was uh keying up the wrong button there wasn't keying up the right mic uh I haven't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> um, I've the most I've probably tried at once was uh, into the 40s. Uh, I've, I've never had a reason to go much higher than that. Uh, that is off one. Uh, that's off one board. So uh, I like it's a good good challenge. I can I can try and see how high we can go. I, I've never really tried it.
0: Well, there you go challenge yeah. uh put out
2: <laughs> challenge accepted
0: yeah pretty pretty crazy how many you can actually do there um i had no idea
2: yeah with with the you know the rotaries i mean those, those are going to count as two uh and i think the uh the hat switches are, are eight if i'm not mistaken so um the, those you know they can add up pretty quick once you start doing different things with the boxes.
0: Yep, yep. Well, pretty cool. Okay, uh, next topic, uh, Tony, you got it.
3: Yeah, this looks like uh, it, it has already passed us, but uh, we ought to talk about it anyways. Um, iRacing.com tweeted on uh, March 29, make sure to tune in to um, NASCAR America at 5 p.m. Eastern on uh NASCAR on NBC to catch uh, Ty Majeski turning some virtual laps on iRacing with uh, Parker Kligerman. Uh, did any of you guys uh, watch this?
0: I did. I watched the video online and was a little disappointed. It was just like uh, Parker doing his normal thing, but Ty is on the phone. You know, he like called into the studio. And apparently Ty is on the track virtually with Parker. But you really can't tell that by you know, the footage that they're providing. You can hear Ty talking, you know, but...
4: Yeah, if you... Sorry, I was going to say, if you you don't know Ty runs the 91 car, I think, um, you wouldn't have known that was him because they were kind of running one, two to each other at the back of the pack there.
0: Yeah, it was a little weird, but... uh, I guess it worked.
2: Yeah, on on that note, uh, Parker does invite... uh does invite his followers on Facebook and on Twitter to uh, hop in the sim with him when he's doing NASCAR America. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to uh, get get on track with Parker and, you know, be broadcast uh, through NBC, uh, reach out to Parker. He'll let you in there.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they got to have tra- cars on the track, you know. to to be around him, and so you're just out there running laps, you know, while they're taping it, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he runs in a, uh, I think it's Sim 500, he runs in a Sim 500 league on Monday nights, and uh, he often invites guys in.
0: Yeah, I mean, the video was cool because, I mean, you heard Ty talking about iRacing. What a great opportunity they've given him as a sponsor as he's come up through the ranks and so forth. Uh, So... Lots of uh, praise for iRacing there.
4: Yeah, it's nice to see NBC really kind of lead the charge with the iRacing coverage. Um, I don't know if Dale Jr. has a big part in that since he's kind of joined that team, but it is really cool to see them get that extra exposure. Yeah,
0: I'd love to see Dale Jr. get more involved with that. All right, Will, what's next?
4: Yeah, so Alex Bergeron. he races in, I believe he. I know he used to race in everything. Yeah, Grand, Grand Prix World Championship. He's part of the End Pass series, but um, he actually posted a really funny video of him celebrating um, winning the American Dirt Series Championship in the Wing Four Ten at Lanier, and he just has that car doing donuts nonstop.
0: He's um, doing his uh, Rico Abreu impersonation.
4: Yeah, I'm assuming he's um running triples because if I tried that in VR, I'd probably throw up.
0: Yeah, the kid is a talent for sure. We've talked about him multiple times. He was the guy who did the uh, virtual racing uh, uh, to real road thing that Josh Hamilton put together, where they put him in an actual dirt car up in Canada.
3: That's a virtual to reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And apparently, I've heard virtual to reality, they are actually got another couple guys who they're putting in uh, real cars here in the next couple weeks. So, they're doing it again.
2: Yeah, I believe they're working on doing it uh, in a uh, Camping World truck also at some point.
0: That is so cool! I, I can't believe he's pulling that off uh, and getting the funding somehow to to make that work. So, congrats to Josh on that. And uh, but Al, Alex Bergeron, yeah, watch for him. He's going to be uh, in real racing. I'm sure he's he's really talented. Let's jump into hardware software. Uh, David, you got the first one.
5: What's new in
0: version 4.14? I... Z1 dashboard has been uh, got a new version out.
5: Oh, I didn't know what that was.
0: You don't use the Z1 dash? I think most people do, but I, I have it. Um, now, if you have the version where you get it updated each month, where you pay a monthly fee, you can get this. I don't do the monthly fee, so I don't have this, but apparently they got 11 new dashboards. Including the new uh, VW, you know, Rallycross car, uh, Ford GTE, uh, the 2018 IndyCar, and so forth.
5: Yeah, I've, I've heard of Z1, but I, I don't use it. I, I use the sim racing apps.
0: So who else is using this uh, Z1 dash? Am I the only one?
3: I've uh, I've I've looked at it. Um, I'm, kind, I'm kind of in the same boat as David. I use the uh, iRacing apps. Um, but I, I have looked at this, and I think I may in the in the future, um, I, once I uh, upgrade my setup here a little bit, um, I think I might have some room for this.
0: It has so much stuff. I mean, I only use the dashboard stuff, um, but it's also got the analyzer part of the software where you can do lap analysis, telemetry, Lap traces, track maps, and so on. Okay, I'm gonna take the next one. Uh RC Europe put out a uh, post on their Facebook page. Uh a pictures of a uh a racer's uh sim rig. His name is Charlie Rage. And he sent us some pictures of his setup. And man, does this thing look nice, nice, nice. I love it. It's white. I I love the color. He's got it on like a green carpet. And with the white rig and the white seat, you know, it's a really contrasting look. Uh, He's got a fourth monitor under the left triple. He's got triples. And then check out the dash, guys. I mean... What do you think of that dash? The wheel's coming right out of it. I mean, Jason, that's pretty good work. What do you think? Uh,
2: that's pretty intense. Uh, wow. So first I saw this. <laughs> Look
0: yeah, and button, it's all lit button up. Button
2: boxes, too. I mean, there, there's your answer to buttons. What is it? Look at the button box he has there. I mean, he's, that's a whole he's, panel.
5: He's not kidding. He's got half a rocket ship sitting there.
0: Well, that thing on the right, uh bottom right, that's an audio mixer actually. It's a Yamaha audio mixer and he's oh. mixing all his sound with that. Yeah, but yeah, look. that all those oh. buttons kind of go, "Whoa, what is going on there?" you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, below the uh below the right monitor? Right. Oh, I thought the mixer was on the on the floor there.
0: But yeah, there is a lot of neat stuff going on on this rig and I, again, the color really threw me off. If I had a choice I'd love to have my Obato Revolution white. It makes me want to paint it.
4: it do I? Looks... I'm sorry. Sorry, Will. I was just gonna say, like,
3: dude, do... it almost looks like he's got an emergency shut off switch, um, right down at the bottom right of the uh, of the wall. Oh adventure. yeah, big old red button. <laughs>
5: yeah, bail, bail, bail! Kill it. <laughs> he's he's got one of those do not press buttons, but people press it. <laughs>
4: It looks like he uses this uh, rig to like maybe possibly stream his gameplay. I think that's the reason with the green screen in the background. Um, but that is a definitely a beautiful rig for sure.
5: Yeah, that is definitely that is some serious cash right there.
0: He's even got the the sim racing shoes right behind the seat stored. He's got seat belts, five point harness. He's you got know, the
5: gloves. You name you you need the gloves for that Fanatec wheel he's got over there in the corner. That thing'll make your hands cramp.
0: Okay, uh, David, do you want to pick up the next one—the 3D printed wheel?
5: Uh, yeah, I was trying to click on that and couldn't get much out of it. Um, all that came up were some pictures of a 3D printed F1 wheel, but I the the A360 dot co link doesn't come up with anything, so I don't know really what this goes to.
0: If you have the right browser, it opens up a three-dimensional CAD design of this wheel, this 3D printed wheel, and I can use my mouse to, like, drag and spin it around and look at underneath it and so forth. Uh, Pretty freaking cool. Uh, But anyway, this guy came up with a 3D printed wheel. His name is Henrik Kamara from scandinavia and he designed it on in software print uh, had it printed on a 3d printer and he posted all the pictures of it up on google plus uh, how he wired it and everything i mean it's uh it's amazing
2: yeah i just got it uh, just got it up that's pretty intense
0: yep uh so if you're interested check this out on the forum search the words three D printed F one wheel and you'll find it.
4: Yeah, it looks like it's for uh it looks like it has a Thrustmaster quick release, but um my brother in law he just got a three D printer. I gotta um send him this link and give me a wheel.
0: <laughs> there you go. He could print you one or something. But look at the wiring. There's that one picture where he shows the the wiring inside and there's a little circuit board. I mean Obviously you can't print that kind of stuff. So you got to know what you're doing is what I'm getting at. But uh but yeah, I mean it looks really nice and I, I are, are any of you able to load up the CAD drawing where you can spin it around?
2: No. Yeah, I I am. I'm doing it right now.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh?
2: Yeah, it's that's that's amazing.
0: Yeah, Are this you... is a a website called Autodesk360 dot com, which I do believe Autodesk does CAD, the software called CAD.
2: Wow! It looks like it has a slot for maybe a like an iPhone.
0: Right, that's... like a, a smartphone goes in that yeah, dash and it, it makes a it dash. Yeah. yeah.
2: Wow. Pretty neat. I don't yeah.
0: Pretty cool idea, yeah, absolutely. So check that out. Uh all right Tony, what do you got next?
3: I'm uh I'm just loading up a link. We got uh
0: Holy cow. Holy
3: yeah, yeah. Uh D box uh from D E S uh Simulation. We're looking at uh some D box Gen two actuators. It's a four actuator kit. Um you you're almost looking at a second mortgage uh but you know if you want to uh man we we've seen we've looked at some of these uh D box setups and they're you know they're absolutely amazing if you if you got the scratch to to make it happen um i guess i'm looking at it in uh in the canadian dollar um and it's it's just ridiculous but it's available on back order so so people are definitely buying it um Canadian, we're looking at like sixteen grand, uh, for four actuators. That's just
5: awesome. <laughs> oh, we're no Tony. We're you're looking at it sixteen grand in American dollars too, man. It's sixteen three nine nine
0: ninety nine. <laughs> Holy, cow, that's what it starts at.
5: That's what it starts at. It tops out at forty two
0: thousand eight ninety two. <laughs> Holy cow! So yeah, this yeah. is just the actual simulator actuator things. This is not the rig. This is not the wheel, this is not the seat, this is just the motion part of it that you have to put with all that other stuff.
3: Yeah, so just to give you an idea, um, I was clicking some buttons, so this is like, the, the actuator length is uh, one and a half inches, and it's got a 250 pound load on it, so uh, in Canadian dollars, it's 16399 in U.S. dollars, it's uh, down around twelve grand. so um, very affordable for um, all, all my uh, U.S. friends. <laughs>
0: And I think the idea is you like have a like a mo- motionary cockpit with four legs, and you put these underneath the four legs, and they move the legs up and down independently.
3: That's kind of uh yeah. I think I think you nailed it right there. I mean, for, for all the uh, the different ones that I've looked at, um, it, it seems to to be how they work.
0: Well, the reason we're talking about this today is. This is a uh, North American distributor of D-Box that I found, dessimulation.com. And so if you've been looking at purchasing these, you can now get them through a local uh, distributor. So check it out uh, if you're into Motion. Man, that's a lot of money. I'd probably be looking... I don't know. I mean, the Sim Experience... For that much money, you could get a full version of the sim experience. I think.
4: Yes, yeah, I say the stage five is I think cheaper than that.
0: Right. So how much better is this? I mean, that's really the question.
3: I I would you know for the money that you pay and and stuff like this. I mean, um, you know, the the most experience I got is going to a D box uh, movie theater. And you know that that's just pretty darn cool. So you know maybe this stuff just works smoother. It's more you know the, the movements are more precise. Um, could be a, a plethora of things, right? Um, but uh, <laughs> the 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 price of it just you know uh, makes my jaw hit the floor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've all looked at these before, but I don't think we've really talked about proper cost. But man, wow. All right, Will, what's next?
4: Yeah, uh, we had some discussion about uh, the proper setup of triples. Um, David Tucker posted up in the forum um, some kind of details on that. Um,
0: Well, what he put up was something that really caught me was the per-screen rendering checkmark box. So we've all seen this in the options that it says something, do you want to render each screen separately is what it is. And so he explains exactly what that is.
4: Yeah, so it sounds like when you do per-screen rendering, each one of your monitors, so if you have three monitors, each rendered individually, which is a much more workload on your computer, but it deals with the distortion because at that point you could tell them, like, hey, this is the thickness of the beveling, this is the angle. Because um, I know I try to set up my triples... Earlier this week, because I kind of had to take apart my Oculus, um, and yeah, no, this is great information here.
0: Well, and it allows you to have a higher FOV when you have that check marked, because they angle the cameras separately from each monitor—your left, center, and right. If you have that box check marked, so if you don't have it check marked, you're not going to be able to get as much FOV. Um. There's a big frame rate hit, too, when you checkmark the box. Um, your graphics card has to be able to handle it. Uh, but if it can, he highly recommends running it with it turned on or checked.
4: Now, uh, just a quick question, Mike. Where is that box found?
0: Um, I think it's the upper left of the graphic options in SIM.
4: Now, I'm um, just a little confusion here on my part. How does that relate to the multi-projection box? Is that the same one or?
0: No, I think multi-projection is a different thing. I'm not sure what that is. Okay, but yeah, I this is having a hard time. this is where basically either your graphics card is rendering one image, which is across all three, or it's rendering three separate images going to three separate monitors. So that's what this one is. And so it basically means your graphics card has to work three times as hard because it's doing three times the amount of work. Got it. So if you're having FOV, I mean, if you're having, uh, you know, performance issues, you could actually uncheck that box and it would probably help a lot. But you would have a lower FOV too. Yeah, there's a lot to learn about that kind of stuff. I'm always trying to trying to learn. Okay, David, I guess you got the last uh topic.
5: Uh well the last one here is a video from uh Fernando Alonso, the two time Formula One champion that's got uh great advice for young drivers. It's about six minutes, but it's uh it's got some good advice, mainly start with carts run in a simulator practice your overtaking and most importantly work with your engineers
0: yeah and it, it was interesting that you know run your simulator was definitely you know one of the basic steps you know fernando says to do
4: yeah the even the way he mentioned running a simulator it makes it sound like just run thousands of hours because everything at that point will become second nature um, was kind of the way I understood him describing it. Um.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Excited to see him uh, run Lamar this year and and maybe get back to Indy 500. I don't think he's going to be there this year, though. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales had to step away. Uh, David Flowers, you're up.
5: Uh, just looking forward to, um, Texas this week for the cars, get away from some of that short track madness. Um, I'm just, I'm not running trucks and that. I ain't feeling well. So that's all I got.
0: All right. Very good. Tony Groves. What do you got?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, coming off a, a pretty high on a, on a weekend there, getting, getting those licenses and, uh, you know, doing, doing all right at that. Um. I mean a lot of, a lot of confidence coming into this week uh you know I'm excited to run Texas um I don't really remember and I actually haven't even thrown any laps down yet but I will be doing that uh probably tomorrow um but uh I I, I remember liking it so I'm excited um I and like David I'm I'm very happy to get away from the short tracks there um it's uh and that you just you just take the hits. Uh, not much you can do about it. Um, and uh, to also mirror David, I will be out tonight. Um, I actually had to go and work in a truck today and kind of threw my back out. So even sitting through the podcast tonight is getting quite uncomfortable. So I wish uh, wish you guys all the best of luck in the in the race tonight and uh, go get her.
0: All right, we'll do. All right, and William Gibson, final thoughts.
4: No, no, I just want to say uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I am actually going to miss next week's show. Um, I'm actually driving cross-country from California to North Carolina. I'm moving, so I've mentioned that a few times. But, no, I just want to say uh wish everyone who's racing tonight uh, good luck, and um, hopefully not next week, but the week after I'll be back.
0: All right, and drive safe. Uh, I was asking you, what is the most important thing out of all your possessions that you're going to pack the most carefully and be the most gentle with, and what was the answer?
4: Uh, that was definitely my computer. <laughs> um, in fact, that's the only thing we haven't really packed up yet. Um, our whole bed frame, that's all dismantled, put it away, a mattress is on the floor. So everything's pretty much packed, except my racing rig. Um, had to take the Oculus off the other day to get started to show the wi I was making... Some progress, um,
0: <laughs> but yeah,
4: tomorrow morning I'm gonna break this bad boy bit bad boy down and get everything ready. So,
0: all right, very good. Uh, yeah, I did the same thing when I moved. Uh, the rig was the the last thing to be taken apart and was the very first thing to be put in the house and be put together, and uh, obviously of the highest importance. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, we um, <laughs> technically like so the basically the only things in the cab of the truck with us will be my computer our cats and us so um yeah it, it's definitely top of the list there
0: <laughs> all right yeah i thought well, so you you can lay a mattress and sleep
3: anywhere you can go and buy styrofoam or paper plates and and the same with forks and stuff but uh you know you can get at that stuff anytime um the the computer the rig well you know priorities right yup
0: yeah. yep. All right. Very good. Uh, and special guest, Jason Eisenhower. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, very cool. Your, uh, SIM, uh, racing, uh, boxes that you put out and other hardware. What are your final thoughts?
2: Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for, for having me in here today. And I I look forward to coming back and, uh, joining some discussions and, uh, I'm glad I found iRacing and I'm glad I found, uh, the iRacers lounge, uh, definitely be spreading the word about you guys
0: all right well thank you for that and uh yeah we'll keep talking about your stuff make sure to send me uh links of when you got new stuff out and stuff we'll talk about it for sure
2: yeah and uh i would like to be able to send you guys uh some product to uh test out and take a you know if someone's doing rally cross i'd be glad to send, send a breakout
0: oh that's awesome well thank you very much uh I'm sure somebody on our team would be interested in that. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm
5: sure Phil would be all over that.
0: We <laughs> we have a guy trying to do good in GRC right now.
2: Yeah, I'd be glad to send a break. Absolutely. Oh, and, well, that's uh, cool. As things progress. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep you guys in the loophole and uh, send stuff out. And well, obviously, be you know, be completely honest about everything. Uh, feed positive feedback and negative feedback. Uh, it, it, it it's all good. Well,
0: absolutely. Uh, as you grow this, uh, obviously a business, uh, and looking to sell a bunch of products. So, good luck with that. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, well, I'm glad the week is o- the off week is over for Easter, and uh, I'm always a little, you know, what do I do with myself? And it was, you know, time. I normally would be racing, but I'm sitting out on the couch in the living room, you know, and doing other things, and it was a little odd. So. It's nice the week is over. Good to be back to go into Texas. Uh, I usually do pretty good there because it is an attrition kind of race, I think. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Make sure to find us if you guys want to be on the show or have questions or topic ideas, hit us up. We're everywhere. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. So with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Bye.